Hello, my name is Father Jacob, creator and founder of Region Catholic. Region Catholic is a platform used to teach the Catholic faith with the flavor of Northwest Indiana, also known as the Region. If you like this content, then like, comment, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And better yet, share this, regioncatholic.com, with a friend. If you'd like to support us, you can go to our Patreon page, found at regioncatholic.com, where you can support us at three levels, get shoutouts on our podcasts, or get your hands on exclusive merchandise. Thank you for your support, enjoy the podcast, and God bless you. Hello everyone, Father Jacob here. I just wanted to take the chance to do a little bit of teaching on Catholic funerals. So often, so many people, whether they are Catholic or not, attend a Catholic funeral or Catholic funeral services of some kind, and it's intimidating, and they might not know what to do, what to say, or how to act. And so I wanted to take this chance to offer some teaching from a priest's perspective, at least, on the Catholic funeral rites, and also as well some practical tips that you will be able to learn from or share with others as they prepare in remembering or praying for the death of a loved one. So if you like what you hear today, be sure to share it, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts. And maybe if you yourself have lost someone or are in the place of going to a funeral for someone that you might have known, then it can be the chance to learn a little bit, but also share with others as well in kind of the tips and tricks and insights into a Catholic funeral liturgy or Catholic services. I wanted to start out today by just offering three quick tips, three tips that you would need to know in order to appreciate or enter into a Catholic funeral liturgy, whether that be any of the parts, some or all. So first, for our three tips. Firstly, you're going to want to confirm the details. Oftentimes, at least here at my current parish assignment at St. Michael's in Cherville, there's three other places around named St. Michael's, whether that be St. Michael Byzantine in Maryville, St. Michael Polish National Catholic Church, which is not exactly in communion with the Catholic Church, but also as well as St. Michael the Archangel here in Cherville. There's been many circumstances where I know people have attended funeral liturgies at St. Michael and driven to the wrong St. Michael. So go ahead and Google search the name of the person that you're attending the funeral services for and read their obituary. That way you know and can gather information from the obituary exactly where to be, and it'll give you an insight into the times and places as well. Second tip for funeral liturgies is what to wear. Really, it's so important to be able to respectfully give, you know, your prayers and presence to the deceased and their family. And it can be a sticking point for some people, you know, as like the church has rules and it's rigid. But really, I just wanted to offer these as a point to just allow you to feel more comfortable in a funeral environment, particularly that you wouldn't want to go and feel out of place or isolated based on what you're wearing. So for men, particularly those in the immediate family, you're going to want to wear probably at least a suit, if not throw on a tie as well, or sport coat. In Catholic cultures, 
There's really a tradition of wearing darker colors. You don't want to really draw too much attention to yourself. But also as well, you're going to want to bring a handkerchief as well, especially in uh, you know just traditional aspects of you know being a man. There's the reality of sweating, but also as well being able to offer a handkerchief to someone that is crying and console them. Not to mention it can be hot, so particularly for the sweating aspect of it. And some of our churches still do not have air conditioning, so you're going to keep that in mind. Also, just as a point of Catholic culture, men usually don't wear hats indoors. It can be seen as a sign of disrespect. So you're going to want to wear your hat and then take it off at the door of the church as you enter. Also, just as a point of reference for both men and women, you're not going to really wear dark tinted glasses or sunglasses inside, or for that matter, chew gum as well. All these things can make you feel and look out of place, and it really doesn't allow you to enter into a place of mourning. Also as well, for women, it can be commonplace to wear darker colors, if not black, as well. Also in some cultures, as our Catholic culture in the Midwest, usually sometimes women can wear hats, where men usually don't wear hats inside, but women do as well on the opposite. As for shoes, you know, for everyone, you're going to wear want to wear something comfortable. There's going to be a lot of standing, a lot of walking, and maybe even walking in the cemetery. So I know it can be tempting to wear, you know, nice shoes or something with high heels, but you might opt for something different instead with uneven floor or walking on the ground in the seminary, in, excuse me, the cemetery. Things to definitely avoid, like sweatpants, hoodies, athletic wear, or tennis shoes or gym shoes can really be a sign of disrespect to the deceased person. So definitely, if that's all you have, then you should go pay your respects to the deceased. Maybe it'd be a good idea to do so at the funeral home instead of the church. But definitely, it's just a point to remember when you're, what you're wearing that it can help you just blend in a little bit more and you won't feel out of place if you already feel out of place if you're not Catholic or haven't been to many funerals on their own. Last tip I have for you is anticipate there being multiple events or stops along the way. A typical Catholic funeral consists of three portions. There's the vigil, the funeral mass itself, and then finally the burial. In Midwest American culture, at least from around where I grew up and where I'm from, there's a brief period of time the evening before the funeral mass. As times have shifted and changed, this could be a tradition that is not as common, but indeed it still is encouraged for the family to have a period of time where they can greet others and also pray for their deceased loved one before the funeral the following day. Usually this is held at the funeral home itself where the family can take a break and there's usually a room where they can eat or drink privately from everyone else, but it can be a long and arduous process. So it can just be a really long day for families. So just to keep that in mind. That is kind of the idea of the wake and what we would call it in our American culture. But also as well, there is a component of the church's liturgy that is sometimes synonymous with a wake, but it's really called the vigil the vigil. The wake is a period of time in our American culture where the family is at the funeral home, but the vigil service, according to the rites of the church, is a short prayer service held usually sometime during the wake at the funeral home, 
where someone, usually a priest or a deacon, or it can be a lay person as well, someone that's not ordained in the Catholic Church, to lead the funeral vigil. The vigil service itself lasts probably about 10 to 20 minutes, depending on the amount of songs and the amount of time that the person leading the service will give a brief reflection on the readings, or also as well some comforting words to the family. Following the time period for the wake itself, there can be a time as well of greeting afterward, but usually what happens is the the funeral vigil celebrated by someone from the church usually concludes the wake service. It's just oftentimes what works with schedules and other people. So that way, the most people can be there in order to pray for the deceased at the funeral service. The following day, as I said, usually the funeral vigil is held the evening before inside of the wake. I know that's kind of all confusing, but that's held usually the evening before. And then the funeral mass is the following morning. You know, Catholic funeral masses are usually very intimidating for people because it's a place where some people are unfamiliar with the church or they haven't been in the practice of their faith or they just don't know what to expect. Yet, I would encourage you to just not worry. If you listen carefully to the words offered during the funeral liturgy, during the funeral mass, what we would call service and or what, excuse me, what other, other uh, Christians would call a service, Catholics call mass. We can get into that another time of why that's different. But in any case, the words that are shared by the priest celebrating the funeral mass can offer comfort and consolation. Sometimes the church is seen as just a tool of rules or respect or reverence, and that's all true. But indeed, I think the funeral mass itself, the service, the funeral mass that's offered by the priest is a time where the church can really offer some comfort and consolation if you just relax and listen to the prayers. At the start of the funeral mass, the hearse will usually bring the deceased person in their casket to the back of the church, and it begins with a brief idea of receiving the body into the church. Sometimes the family is in the procession. In COVID times, it's been a little bit different. But most places, the family or everyone accompanies the casket in the procession forward. It's a good idea just to follow the lead of the priest that is celebrating the liturgy, and the funeral director will help direct everyone with his request. If the deceased is in a casket, if they have not yet been cremated, then a cloth will be draped over their casket, a white cloth called a funeral pall which is a reminder of the person's baptism. In baptism, uh, those who are baptized in the Catholic Church are clothed with a white garment, and indeed, those who are deceased are clothed with a white garment as it's draped over their casket as well in order to connect them to their baptism. Their opening procession continues, and then the funeral mass continues as well. Usually, there are readings uh, one from the Old Testament, and then a chanted uh, reading from the psalm, usually sung by a cantor or someone that sings from the parish. And then following that, there is a New Testament reading. And then finally, the priest or deacon will proclaim the gospel 
from one of the four Gospels in the New Testament. Again, just to keep in mind to know when to sit, stand, or kneel during all of this, you can really just look at everyone else. Maybe if you're not familiar with the postures, then you could sit a few rows back in order to allow people to be in front of you so you can see what to do and then not worry about it. But also as well, if you're unfamiliar with it, usually the priest celebrating the funeral mass will invite people to assume the postures before they should be taken, just to help everyone along in the funeral mass. In any case, following the reading of the gospel by the priest or deacon, everyone is seated for the homily, or preaching, or, you know, uh, what others might call a sermon. But indeed, in the Catholic world, it's usually referred to as a homily. What others uh, might call um, eulogies are usually reserved for the end of Mass, but following the homily, all stand for the prayers and response for each prayer as we gather all of our prayers together for the deceased, those who mourn, and indeed the whole world. After those prayers are offered, then indeed there is a time to prepare the altar where the Eucharist is celebrated towards the front of the church on the altar. What follows after the altar is prepared is kind of the height or the culmination of the Catholic liturgy, the Eucharistic prayer as I mentioned. Catholics believe that bread and wine is transformed into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. If you ever want to look that up or read more about it, you can look up transubstantiation. It literally means a change of substance. This is the height of Catholic liturgy. It's at the center of the Catholic life and the Catholic Church itself. So indeed, all of our prayers are gathered together by the priest and offered to our Heavenly Father, on our behalf. After the Eucharistic prayer is concluded, then there is usually the Our Father, and the priests will invite everyone to share a sign of peace. In our Midwest culture where I'm from, it's most normal that people shake hands with the people around them and say, peace be with you to each other. Though in COVID times, it might be a little bit different in your parish where you're at, so go ahead and just follow what everyone else is doing around you. Shortly afterward, the priest will distribute communion. In the Catholic Church, only those that are in full communion with the Church can receive communion, particularly those Catholics that are prepared to receive communion, meaning they don't have any mortal sin on their soul. So indeed, it's a moment to reflect. If you're a Catholic that hasn't been to Mass in a while, if you've missed Mass on Sunday, then it's really better for you to refrain from receiving communion. Also, too, it's true for Catholics that are married outside of the church as well. So if you're Catholic and you're married civilly, but not have you not been married sacramentally or in the eyes of the church, then indeed you should refrain from receiving communion as well. Also, if you're not Catholic, there will be sometimes an invitation for non-Catholics to come forward with everyone else to receive a blessing. The customary sign in the Catholic church particularly again in the Midwest where I'm from, is to cross your arms over your chest and the priest can offer you a blessing. Sometimes priests will also ask those, if they don't, re- if they don't want to offer a blessing at that time, to just stay in their seat. So indeed, you shouldn't feel excluded or outed, though it's a moment of division, but indeed we can pray together 
that we all one day might be one, as Jesus said himself. Following communion, there are other prayers, followed by the priest incensing the casket of the deceased. The priest offers incense, the thing that burns inside of that thing that swings on the chain called a thurible, firstly to show honor and reverence of the body of the deceased person as a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. In the sacramental life of the church, when someone is baptized, when they're confirmed, when they receive communion, indeed they are fed by grace and led by the Holy Spirit through their lifetime. Their body is a holy dwelling place, and so we want to show that honor and reverence to the body. But also as well, incense is signifying the prayers of the people rising up to our Heavenly Father. So indeed, there is a lot of symbolism and beauty of incense as well. After the incensing of the casket, oftentimes if the person is not going to be cremated, then they are taken immediately to the cemetery and buried. If the family opts to cremate uh, their loved one, then oftentimes it's where the funeral liturgy concludes. But if they opt to not have them cremated and have them buried in a casket, then they can go to the funeral, uh, excuse me, the cemetery immediately. They're loaded back into the funeral coach or the hearse, and then everyone goes in procession to the cemetery. Funeral directors will often give uh, loved ones or mourners a little magnet for their car or some kind of sign or something to put on their car to signify they're in a funeral procession. Oftentimes as well, funeral directors will invite people to turn on their flashers, their blinkers in their car as they follow the funeral hearse because a funeral hearse will not stop at stop signs or not stop at traffic lights, but they will just go directly to the cemetery in procession. Finally, as the deceased person arrives at the cemetery, then begins the last portion of the Catholic funeral rites called a committal, literally committing someone's body to their resting place. When the person, where the person is laid in their final resting place, the pallbearers, those who carry the casket, will usually carry the uh, casket of the deceased person over the place where they will be buried, and it will be placed on a device to later lower the casket. At the beginning of the committal service, the committal liturgy, there are some prayers, some scripture, and our Father is prayed. There's a final blessing and dismissal. All told, it takes about maybe 10 minutes or so for the committal at the cemetery. At this point, the funeral director will often make an announcement that there is a funeral luncheon somewhere in the area and thank everyone for coming. Indeed, if you have gone to the entire funeral liturgy, meaning gone to the mass and burial, then it can be a good idea to go with the family to the funeral luncheon to have some food, to share some memories, and visit with the family as well. One last note is that oftentimes we can only go to one portion of these events. You know, with work or school or family, people are always very busy. But indeed, if you can go to any or all of these funeral liturgies I've described, whether it's the vigil the night before that is within the wake at the funeral home, whether it is at mass the following morning with the people, or at the burial, it's a great opportunity to be able to attend, to pray, and to receive some comfort and consolation from God. Oftentimes, too, 
There are moments as well, if there's no funeral luncheon where things can conclude, or families might host mourners or those that are their friends or family at the home of the deceased. But it's really just the preference of the family, funeral luncheons being the most popular option. So again, today, I just wanted to take the chance to share a little bit about the funeral liturgy particularly the three portions of the funeral liturgy in the Catholic Church, as I've mentioned, as well as some tips and tricks as well as you prepare to attend a funeral. Again, if you know someone that's mourning or is nervous about going to a Catholic funeral, then go ahead and send them this podcast. Share it, and maybe they will learn a little bit as well. Thanks, and God bless.